broke, hey, I broke that off without looking at the soundboard this time. <laughs> I got my hang <laughs> bridging the gap. Episode two six, yes, sir. Twenty five. I'm getting ahead of myself. Look. <laughs> What's happening, man? If you're a little higher. Look, look, look. Go ahead. Raise it up. You got it. I gotta do it. Yeah. There you go. Right there. Uh-huh. You got it. Good luck. You see that bridging the gap, man. We got the OG handling his own microphone crane. What's happening? Uh-uh. There we go. Episode 25. Oh, it's a quarter. Making that happen. Two dimes and a nickel. Hey, I'm here, young OG. I'm yeah, My math was nice. That was quick. <laughs> I was impressed. That was, I was that, impressed. that was a quick, you know. We had to throw a couple of assists on that one. <laughs> Episode 25 here, live and direct from Dubai, the United Arab Emirates, um, paradise on earth, as <laughs> some would say. Um, I'm here with my OG, Jules the Jeweler. Talk to him, big guy. What's happening? Come on, man. Let's not stop this. I just want to let y'all know stop. <laughs> my bad, my bad. There you go. You, <laughs> you asked me to say something, then you want to cut me off with something. All right. This is no. great John. Play me. All right. <laughs> Going into year two, Ethan needs to be in control there. Right? We need to take that away from him. But no, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, it's middle of the week. Yeah, man. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, one more day, and then we got a little breathing room before our big event. Yeah. And um, you know, then we'll start a new week, you know, and then we're getting closer to that time where we get on that bird and go home and see friends and family for a minute. So it's you know, yeah, it's a happy time right now. Man, it today is Tuesday. This is today who what's this um hump day for us? This is the hump day over here for us. It definitely felt like it today. Yeah. <laughs> it may feel like that in a while, but today was one of them days where I was like, Ooh. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Sometimes we all get into that funk to where it's just like, man, I don't know. Maybe it's my body telling me. You know? Ah, it's the it's the workload. Yeah. Know? I mean, we're starting a new business and, um, you know, we're working around the clock. You know, we we technically don't have any days off. It's funny, though, because I, sometimes I get into a space to where I feel like I'm not doing enough. Yeah, I you, I. I feel that way a lot. Oh, look, look, look. Here you go. Look. Yeah. Dude, we on camera now. You're going to disrespect me like this? Now everybody going to think you just got some poop putt you no, carry no, around. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, but don't, don't dish it out the E and then you can't take it yourself. Put some respect on my See, name. There he is. Y'all that's, that's all I'm a, saying. That's his response to everything, right? I just want a little respect. Okay. That's all. That's all. That's all. Uh, so first, the, first is the workload. Now I don't really be doing anything. No, I'm saying you could be doing more because you're so young, strong, educated. <laughs> you know, you're educated. You're, you know, you got a great personality. Oh, you know, sometimes you you hold back a little too much. Oh man, he gave me a lot of compliments. Right, right. It's it's the it's the compliments that you get when you know that it's really a back end right there. Like he's like, I'm giving you a compliment, but I'm really being sarcastic. No, it's no, cool no, though. No, no, I've been around you 15 years. You know, those I understand. that know me know I'm not sarcastic like that though. Listen, man, are you serious, yeah. man? Everybody knows what you see is what you get. What you see is definitely what you get. But what they also know is you might be the king of sarcasm. Man, you lucky I you lucky I can't find my other button. I got something for that though. Right, but, why don't you see, get that record button? I'm good. No, we we press record early now. All right. Yeah. You know a lot of people 
<laughs> a lot of people was like, yo, King was like, he really pissed off. <laughs> Man, was, yeah. I, I told him I was producing it like Diddy. Yeah. I had to bring some flair to it, like making the band. <laughs> Man, I ain't walking across the bridge getting no... Um, some cheesecake, cheesecake. Look, look, cheesecake. cheesecake? We heading to Juniors, baby. How bad do you want it? <laughs> I'm gonna get that drop next. I'm gonna have a couple of Diddy drops on here. I I should have had that already. Anyway, you know Diddy got some classic ones. Sure, got some classic sure. ones. But um, as Coach hinted to earlier, we are here with a heavy workload. One that you know we don't mind though, because in the state of the world now and business around the world. We're in a space where we got an opportunity that looks bright. Um, we're here building our brand, Hoop Mountain Dubai. Um, that's Hoop Mountain AE online and Hoop Mountain DXB on Instagram. Um, you can find us, reach out to us. We do training and all those good things, but to really we're just building a basketball community, um, trying to grow the grow the game. As we said, this is my my OG, known for fifteen years, and that's a relationship that's been fostered because of basketball so we're here trying to you know embellish and put some of that same experience into these kids lives families lives you know that's one interesting thing you've probably seen plenty of times that i haven't um but how relationships form between families because the two kids got to have play dates or they build friendships here and now you see mom and dad hanging out and it's like oh man like it just happened yeah, it, I mean, so often, you know, kids uh, come into our program, um, whether it be Who Bound Dubai or other instances where you and I have worked together, and um, they may be a little, how can I say it, you know, uh, closed off from from dealing with other kids um, on a regular basis, a little shy. And, and one thing we do is not only help you improve your basketball game, your basketball knowledge, but also bring out your personality because basketball is a social sport. And if you can't talk and, and get a chance to um, uh, mingle with others, you'll have a hard time in the sport. Uh, yeah. uh, and yeah. so we've seen that, you know, um, come out in a lot of kids this year and, and their uh, parents as well. And that's good for us. Yeah, that's that's what's dope, right? The personality, yeah. you know, that makes things fun. That's what's dope about basketball, right? Everybody has his own playing style. And a lot of that has to do with your personality, right? That's one of the things that a knock on LeBron about how much fun he has, how unselfish he is and all those other things. But if you look at it in the grand scheme of things, he's that unselfish off the court. Right. He's goofy, always wanting to have fun off the court. Right. You pointed out to me earlier, everybody who's ever played with him always talked about how he was the best teammate. Everybody went to dinner together. Yeah. They went to the clubs together. You know, everything was inclusive, like a family thing. You know, that's... That's vindictive, and that represents those, uh, you know, that personality. Yeah, I mean, because it, it's crazy. Even people that um, went through the fires with him or won a championship with him and was traded the next year or whatever, nobody seems to have hard feelings against them. Nobody. So that's, you know, yeah. you know, from the outside looking in, it looks like, you know, he's doing the right thing. Right. And, and really nobody in the league says anything about him, like even opposing people. Yeah. That's one. That's one of those half things where you feel like, are people really afraid of Bron, or do they just have so much respect for him as a person? He just so cool. He's just like, yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody's afraid of him because he he doesn't go at you the way we would like him to go at you. Yeah, yeah. That was you know Kobe or MJ. Different. It might be different. different. It's different. But playoffs are coming. Yeah. Even though he made a little statement 
Um, we'll get to, we're going to get in here with the NBA news, but he made a little statement. You know, he's 17 seasons straight where he averaged 25. Mm. Only time he didn't average 25 was his rookie year. And every anybody that came close to that was like Jordan, Kobe, and maybe Wilt. It would have averaged 12 straight seasons of 25. But LeBron said, you know, 17 years straight averaging 25, but I'm still not in the conversation of elite scores. Yeah, you got a point. Yeah. You got a point. But I got to say, Brian, your, your, your offensive package, it, it ain't that proper. The posture can be a little different. Yeah, <laughs> you, but you get know, to it, it. It's about effectiveness. You know, we talk about some of the, the better players and some of the the previous eras. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, we, we always talk about Clyde Drexler. Yeah. You know, if you cut, <laughs> you could cut Clyde Drexler's left hand off and donate it to science, he'd still get 20. You know what I'm saying? It's just, and he was still getting buckets on Jordan and all them dudes. Yeah. I mean, hey. He said cut his hand off and donate it to science. Yeah. <laughs> and he still go find a way to his left. Hey, man. Carl Malone didn't have a back to the basket game. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, if you can get it done, you know, we, you and I talk about, we go, we went back and forth about this a lot. Um, I think last year we were talking about Pandemic P mm. and Scottie Pippen, the comparison. Mm-hmm. Pandemic P, Paul George, his game is real smooth and it's sexy. It's that, it's that sports car when you get to the dealership, you're like, I want that. It's, that, it's that Sade smooth it's, operator. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> but then you're sitting there like, dang, I got to drive this to work five days a week and I got to make sure I get there on time. You're looking over at that Ford F-150 mm. and that's Scottie Pippen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so it's just, you know, it's how you get it done. Yeah. But but still, what's Brian's signature move? Hey, man, that, that, <laughs> that old man looked down at the ground. Hey. Step back, you know. Step back. Brian, it's, it's trash, though. And Brian from the hood, like, Brian, you know you had a, a, a different package. Well, and I'm being devil's advocate here because I know what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. But Brian, Brian, it just looks so crazy. Like, your body can't move anymore. Hey, so? listen, man. Everybody that saw LeBron those first, what, maybe seven, eight years? Yeah, Cleveland. You know, um, those first seven, eight years, you know, LeBron had a lot of, he had a lot of stuff in his bag. He did. He, he did. Like, he did. He was, he was box office in terms of seeing somebody that big being able to move and handle the ball like that, you know. His jersey fit a little looser, too. <laughs> oh, a lot looser, a lot looser. But, you know, hey, man, when you get yeah. older, there's limitations, man. Yeah, limitations. And, and he bulked up. He yeah. both, he he got real serious about it. So uh, I get it. Even when he do get a couple moves where he hits you and then he get a little jelly, I be looking like, man, he looking like a, a <laughs> But his jelly is only after he takes off. Yeah. And ain't none of that yeah. in motion because he's yeah. stiff as a board now. Yeah. So. Which is cool, though. He can just power it down. So, um, but, you know, as of today, um, our, we're recording right now, and the play-in tournament starts today, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. The play-in tournament starts today. Um, we'll get into some of that in a second here. But before, let's go through a little quick popcorn of, you know, things that went around the league. Um, Steph, right? LeBron called Steph the MVP this year. Um, I think that part of it was, you know, a little gentleman's thing. You know, Lakers got to play the Warriors in the um, first seven, and I think it's seven, eight matchup of the play-in tournament. So I think Browns are showing love. But he did say that, you know, 
they a lot of people have been referencing the Russell Westbrook year when he won uh, MVP. Right. And I think that year OKC was uh, sixth seed. And of course, that was his Oscar Robertson year when he that was the first year he averaged. Um, that was the first year KD was gone. Yep. yep. And he averaged a triple dub. Um, so listen, man, I, I love like I said, coach and I will have a we're gonna have a breakdown of 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 Steph, his season and what people are saying and how I think they have some things confused. But he's had a, a, a great year, but he's not MVP. Great, great offensive year. Yes, but he's not MVP. I'm saying Joker. Uh, yeah. You know, coach has been saying it all year, but I'm going with the Joker. As, as soon as LeBron went down and Joel Embiid went down, yeah. Joker went right up to the top. And then and then Jamal Murray went down for him. Right. And, and he then it didn't, didn't skip a beat. Number three. Didn't skip a beat. Right. And, um, and for him to be an MVP candidate, uh, along with Joel Embiid, um, in this era of basketball where mm -hmm. dependent players don't get as many touches and don't get as much love, that's that's saying yeah. something, you know. And on top of that, he doesn't play with another all-star. No. Right? He doesn't play with another all-star. And his second best player offensively, at least, went down, right? And even before he went down, he wasn't having the year he was having or the moment he had in the bubble. Yeah, nope, not at all. Right? Not at all. So if you look at Joker and what he did with that team to still be number three in yeah. the West, like it's and not even a question. And the I'd say the biggest thing is he's been consistent. Yeah. I mean, you... <laughs> 20, I think it's like 26, 11, and 8. Yeah, I mean, you know what he's going to do every... It, it almost reminds me of when the guys used to talk about Kevin McHale back in the day, mm. except Kevin McHale didn't, you know, he ain't passed yeah. like Joker, but, but, you know, just in terms of his scoring and rebounding, you knew what he was going to do every night and there's nothing you could do to slow him down. And Joker for, for everything to run through him mm -hmm. as a dependent player, I mean, in the West and they got him at th three with, and it's basically a young team. Very young. You know, so, I mean, he's, he's the MVP, man. Yeah. And I think he's shooting 39% from the trade ball, 56 on the field from, from the field goal, and 88 from the free throw line. Right? And this is a footer, like hey, six man. nine, like six ten. Twenty-six points a game, man. That's With eleven boards and you can't jump. Yeah. Right. And you played every single game of the season. Yeah. You know, like I, I gotta give it to you, Joker. Yeah. That was you got my vote if it ever counted. <laughs> For sure. Um, let's go back to the, the list there, E. All right, so um, I see what you I see what you're doing, Brian. But Steph number three in the voting. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> going crazy about it. And I'm a co. I, I always say this as a Kobe fan. I don't want to hear anything about somebody having a, a a great individual year and dragging somebody to the playoffs at an eight seven seed and them deserving um, the MVP. When Kobe dragged Smush Parker and Kwame Brown <laughs> and all of them to the playoffs. Right. And still only to lose MVP to Steve Nash and Steve Nash averaged like, I don't know, 17 points or something like that. And that was a big scoring year for Kobe. So the league has always been rewarding winning. Yeah. Right. So, you know, keep doing that. And he is, you know, he does have argument for being one of the most important players on the floor. He affects it on every end. Right. Yeah. Right. Controls pace. So Offense, um, defense, I mean, he's. Yeah. Mr. Consistency. Here we go, Marv Albert, an, a legend in so many ways. Yeah, yeah. You know, retiring. Yeah, retiring after. Um, how many years has it been for Marv Albert? Things like booth? maybe four, 
Four decades, man. Forty four decades. Marv Albert, you know, I heard about him in Pentagon City. <laughs> Shout out to Marv, man. Mom's told me about he, that. He just had a moment. Yeah, he but moment. everybody gotta have him. You know, Marv Albert, the one of the voices of the NBA, the NBA on NBC specifically. I remember, yeah. you know, those big playoff games. He's retiring at the end of the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, thank you. You know, you those voices like Chick Hearn, um, Hubie Brown, Hubie Brown, Mike Breland, like who just got inducted into the Hall of Fame as well. Like those voices are what created that atmosphere around the game. Right. Even Dick Vitale as a, a college um, announcer, like you wanted somebody to say your name like that. Sure, you know. Um, what was? But you were in that era to where it was important. You know, your pops before you probably listen listen to the games on the radio. <laughs> no, it's not about it's real. You watched it. You had the color TV at your time, but Man, you know I, how important were the, those announcers, the color commentary guys? It was very important because um, they painted a picture of what was going on. Um, because you know, at certain certain moments, you know, you never knew when the screen was going to go out. Not because of the television, just because of the service. Um, you you never, uh, how can I say it? You never got the full scope of the game like you do now. You know, you saw one one vantage point of each game. You know, where now you see you might get twenty different angles, and um, you know they just brought things to life, man. And um, you know they gave you backstories of um, certain players, certain coaches, certain situations that you know we didn't get a chance to um, experience outside of listening to the game, watching the game, because uh, there was no social media. Yeah. You know, so any any information we got on our favorite players, our favorite teams, it was, you know, it's from these guys. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Amal Rashad, too. Legend. Yeah, I mean, we're going to do a special on Amal Rashad, yeah. but just thinking about it, Amal Rashad is one of those guys for me. Always those interviews, you know, inside stuff. Yeah. I, I, I remember seeing the inside stuff hat was like, man, I always wanted one of those, right? Always wanted. I hope I can find one. But shout out to Marv Albert. Um, you did greatly appreciate it for what you did for the game. Um, besides that, you know, Kyrie, 50-40-90 club. Mm. Only 13 players in the NBA have ever done it. You know, and and that's that's what everybody's saying, and him himself saying basketball ain't my main focus. <laughs> I mean, if you could say that, and give me fifty, forty, and ninety, right? Fifty from the field, forty from the trade, ninety from the uh, free throw line, whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, <laughs> the only the only knock with Kyrie is all right. We know he's a he's really a, a shooting guard trapping the point guard's body. So mm-hmm. we fifty, forty, ninety makes up for all that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? We just need. Kyrie didn't, we just need to know he's going to show up. That's the only thing. You know, we got a game at seven o'clock. You know, you just need to know where he is. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. The Brooklyn, that Brooklyn team got me a little nervous. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. What's going on in the, in the world and some of his latest comments? No, no, I'm, no, I don't care about his comment because his comments ain't affecting his play. And that's no, what's scary. No, me. I'm talking about his comments in terms of, He's been focusing on what's going on in the world and he's letting everybody know that's yeah. his focus. And so at any given moment, being that he has the resources that he has, yeah. 
Yeah. You could dip out of there to go check on some things. Yeah, yeah. see, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he did all that he was going to do during the season just so he can have it all. I'm talking about the way them, that Nets team look right now. Ooh, I'm nervous. That that repeat I was talking about, man. And they made a small addition. Um, and Real Hoopers will, will recognize his name, but Mike James. Yeah. Right. From overseas. They made a small addition and added him in the last 10 games of the season. And he's been getting 20 minutes or so. He's he's a problem. He's a he's a real problem. And low key, I saw Spencer Dinwiddie. I don't know if they're going to put him on the roster or anything, but he, he looking game shape. His recovery has been great. But right now, with with those three lethal weapons and the way they've been moving. Whew, yeah. I will say this. I know you, you're a true blue Lakers fan. If it ends up being those two, if the Lakers get past the Warriors, um, you know, you know, LeBron is going to slow the game down and use their size to their advantage. I, I do. I do. But I also know that the one time Broad didn't win or those two times he didn't win in the finals and he had to come to the press conference and they asked him, why couldn't you win this game? He said, because of KD. Well, yeah. <laughs> But that, but that's the so difference. That's the only thing. But Golden State as a whole was different than Brooklyn. They moved the ball different. Yes, yeah, but different. but but still, man, you you it's put scary. KD, yeah with KD, and you know KD. You talked about it last time with players having to raise their level of play in the um in the playoffs. KD always raises his level of play. Like he's not already efficient. You know what I'm saying? So I'm nervous. Look at this off the glass. Come on, man. Like, yeah. They're having a lot of fun. That's what it is. Yeah. There's a lot of fun going on over there. But end of the season, um, you know, all of those end of the season awards are going to be called out. Um, so let's let's get into some of those and make our own predictions. Wait, hold see. on. You're just going to... You're just going to gloss over the fact that the Jazz clinched the number one seed in the West? Oh, the Jazz clinched the number one seed in the West. <laughs> <laughs> No disrespect, but come on. <laughs> Look, we're gonna talk about this this playoff stuff though. But uh let's let's get into those end of the season awards though. You know, we haven't really gotten into the playoff stuff, NBA stuff too much, but let's start with coach of the year. Cause before our before our recording, that was announced. Um the candidates were Quinn Snyder from Utah, uh Doc Rivers from Philly, Tom Thibodeau from New York. Tyron Lou from um, the Clippers. All of them very, very good candidates. All of them making a case. Uh, but the winner for that was Monty Williams from Phoenix. Um, I mean, big time. Yeah, well deserved. Yeah, I mean, from a coach, from you, because I'm still in that phase. But from a coach, because you talk about Monty Williams as being a players guy. Right. And you know, what is it? You won multiple coach of the year awards. Like Monty is, <clears throat> he seems to be that coach that even though he wasn't a great player, you take him seriously and you respect him um, because he's going to demand a lot out of you and hold you accountable, but he's also going to approach you like a man mm -hmm. first and foremost. And, um, and he's always playing to everybody's strengths. You know, you see guys go to Monty and, um, you know, they seem to have a change in their demeanor, you know, basically because you kind of believe in what he's preaching because 
everything that he's talking about is to enhance your game. And for him to take a young squad and you add on Chris Paul, who, you know, he's set in his ways. Mm-hmm. He's a hall, of, future Hall of Famer. But to be able to mesh all of that together and have those guys competing at a high level in the, you know, in the West is incredible, man. He, he deserves, you know, he deserves coach of the year out of a tough group because Doc Rivers came and changed the culture in Philly. Yep. Um, you know, he lit a fire under Embiid. He brought, um, what's my man's, uh, Tobias. Tobias Harris back to life. Um, you know, he's got Ben Simmons being able to stay on the court with Embiid at the same time. Quinn Snyder done a hell of a job. You, you, yeah. With, with no, no disrespect, with the exception of one or two players, they got a college team. <laughs> you know, they got it. They, with the, the exception of one or two players, they have a really good college team. And they just, they grind and hustle every night. They play the right way. And what Tom Thibodeau's done in New York, come on, man. No, I ain't got no button for you. I'm just, you know, I, I see you over there looking for something. Um, Tyron Lue, I don't know if he should probably be in there, but they needed to just throw him in there. But uh, <laughs> there he is. You still be throwing the shots, man. What? Yeah, I'm listening. Ty Lue ain't have a great have a great season with these guys. I mean, they're supposed to. What are they doing any different than what they did last year? I mean, they got a new team, but they got the same two yeah. corners, cornerstones and then two or three key pieces. Same. See, I don't think they have a lot around them, though. That's why I think it's a solid job. You talk about if you remove, you're talking about a college team. But I'm not saying that the that Tyron Lue hasn't done a good job. I'm just saying yeah. in terms of being coach of the year. Yeah, he's yeah, he's fifth on the list. When we talking about Quinn Snyder, that's yeah. why I said they just needed somebody to add next fifth <laughs> spot. I'm just being honest with you because if Tom Thibodeau, <laughs> we 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 haven't talked about the Knicks in a positive light in how many years? That is that is very true, very true. You know, Phoenix. Come on, we haven't talked about them since Monty got there. Man, listen, last year they weren't in the playoffs. Yeah, they they were playing in a the bubble. They they were like ninth or tenth seed or something but, like that. So they barely got a chance to get it. Right, but in the bubble, yeah, they won. Um, they won all their games, but it just didn't work out. For them. Right, because it was just too late. But again, before Monty got there, were we talking about Phoenix? Not, not Some people all. didn't even know they had a team anymore. Mm-hmm. Then you talk about Doc and Philly. Philly was what a huge disappointment last couple of years. Yeah, huge disappointment. And Quinn Snyder, like he's done a hell of a job yeah. in Utah. So you know. It's a, it was a tough group. It was a it was a good group to pick from and tough to win it, man. Yeah. And well deserved, Monty. Yeah. And and an award like that, like Coach of the Year, man, I think that for me as a player shows how much I respect you too. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you can't get any you get all of the you get no praise when you win. Yep. But when you lose, you got all on you. It's all on you. Right? But for me to buy in, make sure everybody around us buys in so that we can make you look good and making sure that we point that out, that's heavy, especially for black coaches yeah. in any profession. Yeah. You know? So shout out to the to the uh to the sons for making sure they held the guy down. Yeah. Um but before we go, yeah. one of the things that helped Monty and probably helped him make his decision in taking that job, look at management. Yeah, James. They, James they, they revamped management, and we all know by living in the DC area that management means everything. Mm-hmm. And two, know. but another team on that list, the Knicks. 
Right. Roe White West. Right. Deion Rose. Deion Rose, yeah. Different management. Different management. We only heard one thing about James Dolan <laughs> at the very, very right. beginning. Now right. we don't hear nothing after right. like years of him being more um, talked about than the actual team. Yep. Right. Um, but the one thing I want to get to, because I know you want to talk about this, that Phoenix job was open, mm-hmm. right? Before the season, as as well as the New Orleans Pelicans job, right? Yeah. Now, we talk about two young teams that had talent, right? Two young teams that had, like, really strong. Brandon Ingram was an all-star. Lonzo Ball has been improving every year that he's got in. Right. And then you also got um, Zion Williamson. And at the beginning of the year, you had Drew, Drew Holiday before you traded him to Milwaukee. But the difference is, who you decided to lead those guys, right? And the new management, David Griffin there, right? right? Like, cause I, I never thought that Stan Van Gundy was a good choice for that team. I, I'm right there with you. Um, so are you asking me if I were a coach, which which one I would take, or are we just talking about the differences? You just, uh, you talk about it, that's on you. I mean, you, you just basically said it. You know, you think about the guys in New Orleans, that's a group that, they're all young and they're budding stars, but they've all come from other situations. You know, you're talking about three or four of those guys came from, you know, Tinseltown, L.A., mm-hmm. and now they're coming to New Orleans. How are those guys viewing this move? Are they viewing this move as a, a, a second chance to show everybody what we can do? Or are they looking at it as, I just moved from plan A, now they got me in plan B. Yeah. You know, they, you know, went from the penthouse, now they got me on the third floor and yeah. things like that, you know. And um, for them to have an older coach like, you know, Van Gundy, who's setting his ways Man. and hardcore, yeah. that's, it, it wasn't a good fit, you know, because those guys, they're, trying, they're still trying to find themselves in this league mm-hmm. and be consistent. And so you need somebody who, and this isn't a knock on Van Gundy in terms of him not being a, a former player or whatever, but you, yeah. you sometimes you got to need a yeah. sometimes you need a former player who kind of understands both sides of it. You know, playing with a, alongside a star and being a good role player mm-hmm. and knowing how to um, adjust according to the talent you have and the personalities you have. But if you're used to just coaching one way, um, which is you know. The old guys, you know, our way of coaching is archaic. Mm. It's it's phasing out quick, you know, and because um, every you know this next generation is different. And if you don't have somebody that can, you know, evolve with those guys, they are going to be up and down. And when they're up, it's because they are very very talented, mm. and you know what you're talking about in terms of X's and O's, which he does. Mm-hmm. But when they're down. It's a it's yeah. a divide in culture. That motivation different for how are you going to get to them? How are you going to talk to them? It's a generational divide right there. And we knew that was going to be a problem when JJ got out of there. Oh yeah, a vet, a vet who already had played for Van Gundy when he was the same age as Zion and and um, Josh Hart and Brandon Ingram and all yeah. those guys, right? So um, that was an interesting choice. And then you talk about old coach Tom Thibodeau. Thibodeau, I might be saying his name crazy. Stuck in his ways to a point. Everybody said he always ran his players down to the ground. But I remember hearing Rachel Nichols and a couple other people saying, or no, Doris Burke saying that while he was in the broadcast booth and he was an analyst, he would spend, wherever city he would go, he would sit, talk to Doc. 
He would go here and there and observe. and observe and see what they did to keep that young locker room together. Yeah. Now we're seeing it. So you always talk about it, adjustments. Everybody has to make adjustments. So yeah. congratulations to the big guy, Monty Williams, yeah. man. Go get that. Rookie of the year. Um, there have been some rookies that had some good years. Tyrese Halliburton was a sleeper who had a good year but got hurt out of Sacramento. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah But yeah, it's yeah, a two-man yeah. race. Yeah, let's get this. Listen to this, man. LaMelo? LaMelo, for sure, is the odds-on favorite. Had he not been injured, yeah. don't even worry about it. You know, but Anthony Edwards is a monster. Listen, I think Anthony Edwards, last night he had another 30-piece. He been he he been putting up some different numbers too <laughs> to finish it off. Like I think he might got pull up e um his stats in the last couple of games. It's definitely a two man race, and I'm I agree with you. I think Lamelo would have won if he hadn't got hurt because at that time Charlotte was number four in the East. Yeah, and after he got hurt, they fell, and now they're in the play in game. But um yeah, look his last his last two games and you know, three games was 30, 23, and and twenty nine. And that was 29 against the Nuggets. He finished the year averaging 19. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony Edwards is going to be a real – and this is in Minnesota. Yeah, I know. I know, man. <laughs> this is a real deal for everything. So, I'm going I'm going LaMelo um, because of just his team had more success. And when he was out, they had a lot of, um, you know – You could t- – I mean, like you said, when he, when he went out with the injury, we saw how important he is to that team. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, with with Anthony Edwards, Minnesota's gonna be competitive some nights, but we know they're still ultimately gonna lose. Yeah. But he is he letting you know he's different though. Sure. If y'all don't take care of him, he will be gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, he's gonna get right though. All right. So we get LaMelo there, um, most improved player. This list, um, we got Colin Sexton. I think he's like the Tyron Lou of this category. <laughs> uh, we got Michael Porter Jr. We got Zach Levine, Jeremy Grant, and Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Porter Jr. has had a better year than last year, yes, but he's still un- inconsistent at times, especially defensively. Um, so I think this is a three-person race between Levine, Grant, and Randle. Um, I, I haven't. I know Grant. He started off with like the most consecutive twenty-point games in the beginning of the season. Oh, but Detroit just ain't winning enough for me. Yeah, I, I'm for me. It's between Julius Randle and Zach Levine. Yes, you know Julius Randle. I've said this numerous times. He's always been a hooper to me. He just wasn't with the right coach that that understands his game. He's not necessarily a stretch four because he's not that great of a shooter, but he's more of a perimeter four, mm-hmm. a playmaking four because mm-hmm. he can get to the basket, he can handle the ball, he can make he can uh, dime people off things like that. Um, I think he's always been able to do this stuff. I just don't think he was with the right system. Right. Um, and Zach Levine, I mean, all-star. I mean, you told me about him last year. Cause I, you know, I ain't really pay attention to him. Whatever. Yeah. I started watching like, good God. Like now he, the right he coach was already playing well. Yeah. He just went to a different level. So that's for me, I would give him the nod, but you know, the Knicks are in the, yeah. You know, I'm I'm gonna give Julius Randle a nod because he leads the league in ISOs. Yeah. Right. So that that means at the end of the game, I got to, you know, we barely get to watch any games. I got to watch the game against the Clippers. Right. And he was having he was struggling all night, struggling all night. He ended the game with just 14 points, but he had 14 rebounds, 
seven assists, right? Yes. But the last two, like the, the the possessions to clinch it, ISO on the left wing against Paul George. Both buckets. Yeah. Going to his left, pull up, go to his left, in and out, cross, come back here, ice in the game. Now, for me, you're talking about improvement in your game, when your team, no matter what ups or downs you're having, because I'm a, Kobe, I know he gets the ball the last four minutes, last two minutes. That's his time to work. If, no matter what, he might be five for 21 that whole game, but he gets it. For me, if, if you're at a point now to where at the end of the game, no matter what happens, you're the go-to. you taking us home after the year before eh, that was in question. And now you guys are with number four, number five in the East and a threat to make some noise in the playoffs. Yeah, but I don't – like I said, I watched them play, and he's he's got high usage with them. Yes. Everything runs yeah. through him. Yeah. But what I'm saying, I've seen him do this before, but he, they, he just didn't get enough touches. Mm. Because, you know, people are thinking, you know, let's put him on the box. You know, yeah. this now, you know let's keep him, you know, uh, close to the short corner, you mm. know, close to the, you know, the paint, things like that. Instead of saying, looking at him and like, oh, he's a hybrid. Yeah. Let's, let's not, you know, restrict his game. Let's open him up a little bit and give him some freedom. Um, he's been that way since college. Yeah. Again, well, in college, he was just a bully, though. I mean, but he could do everything, though. Yeah, he was you know, a bully. You, you could tell certain players what the, I mean, even when he was in LA, you could tell he could do certain things. Yeah. He just wasn't allowed the same freedom. Yeah. Levine, I can honestly say that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I ain't know. That's, yeah. but I think Levine in the same position as like, Randall. Like, remember, I told you, I always was a fan. Yeah. I used to, I thought the, Minnesota dropped the ball. Yeah. They they put their bank on Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> and I'm saying even Ray Charles can tell the difference, <laughs> right? Just in the way a ball bounce is different. But they put the bunny there. But I think you get, and you talk about the coaches he's had, Fred Hoiberg, <laughs> like that whole situation there, changing coaches and that new coach coming, acting crazy. I think Zach Levine is one coach away from a situation being completely different. Maybe he, needs, maybe he goes to New York. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Right, but I'm going most improved play. I'm there with with uh, Julius Randle, um, six man of the year award. All right, categories are Camelo Anthony, Derrick Rose, Tim Hardaway Jr., Joe Ingles, and Jordan Clarkson. It's not even it's Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, yeah. that's not. It, there ain't in the talk about, yeah. ain't nothing talk. Everybody else had a good year. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But we talking about. Jordan Clarkson's been playing on a different planet. Yeah, for sure. Different level, man. Yeah, and especially for a team number one in the West. Yeah. <laughs> but you got two bench guys there from, from Jazz. Um, defensive player of the year. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. And I, I think all five of these guys are deserving of this too, right? To where in the last categories, you'd be like, they just toss somebody in there. Everybody deserves to be in this convo in this space. Um, oh, wow. Hold on, actually. All right, so we got Clint, Clint Capella. Giannis Antetokounmpo. You think about it. See, look how I pronounce that, though. Man, shut up. <laughs> Tim Hart. No, I'm sorry. Bam Adebayo, um, Ben Simmons, and Rudy Gobert. Um, Vin Capella. You are a rim presence, though, so I understand. Giannis is Giannis. Giannis gets a rap for being defensive player of the year because he can block shots, but Giannis can't move laterally. He, you can't switch him onto a 
uh, or pick and roll like you can with AD so he can guard on five. I mean, but AD is AD, so let's not compare him to AD. But I'm just saying, same body types. You don't give AD the same type of love. But if we go get to a couple more, Bam, Bam is undersized. He plays a lot of positions. And he makes you he makes you work down there. Yeah, yeah, you got to play that way in Miami. Yeah. That's so. It's- two so two people left. All right, Rudy Gobert or Ben Simmons, and I'm hearing people are saying Rudy Gobert. I'm actually surprised Draymond is not on the list. <laughs> you know, I'm a professional. That's what everybody keeps saying. <laughs> I'm just yeah, a man. professional. Everybody keeps saying. Well, you gonna give it to Rudy Gobert again? I, I'm not. I'm going. I think Ben Simmons is the defensive player. Uh, yeah, game. man. Somebody who can <clears throat> protect the rim at certain um, times in the game. Perimeter defender. Mix it up, weak side guy, man. Rudy Gobert, like, he, bless his heart, man. He he does go hard, man. But this man, nobody's <laughs> afraid to attack him. Hey, listen, Rudy being too many people mixtapes, and and yes, when you play defense and you and you go hard, you you bound to get clapped up once or twice or a couple times. But nobody eyes supposed to light up when they see you. Yeah. Like they start dancing, like TikTok dances when they see Rudy. For all you, <clears throat> for all you young bucks out there, Patrick Ewing is one of the greatest centers of all time in the NBA, known for being a jump shooter, getting buckets. But he was also a pretty good defender, mm-hmm. good rim protector, block shots. But Patrick Ewing took a lot of flack during his career because he was always on somebody's poster. Him, him, and Alonzo Mourning. Yes, Enzo, <laughs> always on somebody's. But you know what? We gave those guys respect because they were they were they weren't afraid to get in the mix. Yeah. But on the other end, those guys could score and do other things. And but whenever it was a one on one situation, people weren't looking at those guys and saying, "Oh, I'm getting to the rag <laughs> right now." Like Kath, like you were getting Zoe and 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 Pat. When they were coming weak side, and they got there too late. Yeah, this cat man is getting it chest to chest. Listen, or man. man, or you say, "Oh, talking about pick and roll." All right, I seen Devin Booker put him in a spin cycle over there. I was like, "Listen, Ben Simmons guarding all five positions, no matter what the assignment is. All five positions, he going there. He can chase Steph around screens. He can guard Chris Paul on a pick and roll. He can guard Braun in the post and like." It really be a matter of problem. Right. I'm I'm going there, and I don't even see how it's a a thing. But Rudy might cry about it. They might say Utah is number one team in the West. Why don't they have more of this? But listen, you the first number one seed. Ain't nobody afraid of. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. No. No disrespect to them. It's just it is what it is. You know, man. You, if you're consistent throughout the year in the NBA, when other teams are dealing with injuries and load management and all this stuff, the COVID protocol. That that's a testament to how well you run your organization, how right. tough your guys are, how how much they buy in, you know, what your coaches coaching staff is doing. But at the end of the day, when you make a run in the playoffs in the NBA, you gotta have a couple stars, man. Listen, yeah, for a title. If you're making a run for a title. Um, so I think we both in agreement with, with Ben Simmons for that defensive player of the year. I don't think he's gonna win. I think Rudy Gobert's gonna get it, but Ben Simmons is the deserving one. And I I know for MVP, I don't know if the players get to help the vote on that one. But um MVP. 
Yeah. I'm going Joker. I'm not even going to read the list. You know, Luca, Steph, Giannis, Joel, Embiid. If Embiid hadn't gotten hurt, that was my pick. Yeah, Embiid would probably won. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um. Because he's his presence defensively is of everybody on that list. Joel is the only one between Joker, Giannis, Luca, and Steph to where his presence on both ends of the floor you got a game plan for. Right. Right, you got a game plan for where he's going to be at defensively and and offensively. You know that's the primary stop right there. Right, Joker, he's going to rebound fairly well and he's going to facilitate and score when he can. But it's a different type of presence with the dominance Joel Embiid has. With that being said, Joe got hurt. You got to stay healthy. Yeah, that's part of the game. He got hurt and Joker didn't miss a game. Twenty six, eleven, and eight. Yeah. Number three in the West. Yeah, I don't want to hear any Steph Curry talks about, you know, he should be MVP. You know, I mean, he was on fire, though. There's a lot of people that be on fire. <laughs> he was on fire. He, I think he was like uh, 9 for 22 from the trade ball or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you did your thing the last game, 46, scoring a hey, scoring title. Only the second person to do it at 33 um, behind MJ. MJ was the first. What did Bradley Beal end up with? I think he had like 23, so he didn't get the title. His last game, he only had 23, and then he went out and had 43. So, you know, he edged him out. But I don't even think it's a conversation. How can how is Joker not MVP? Right. Could you make an argument for how is Steph Curry over? You know, I already picked Joker for like two, yeah. two episodes ago. I'm trying, I'm trying to see because – I mean, is there another all-star or Hall of Famer on his team? Nope. No. Is there like a, a former defensive player of the year guy on his team? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Um, you know, best score went down, and he wasn't even having a good year. Right. Right. So, Joker, you got my vote, Gus. Bridging the Gap podcast. You know, our MVP is Joker. Our defensive player of the year is Ben Simmons. Sixth man of the year, Jordan Clarkson. Most improved. We got a split decision. I'm going Julius Randle, OG going Zach Levine. And we both. I mean, no, that's my pick, but yeah. Randle's going to win it. Yeah, well, no, go with your pick. Go right, with your pick. Right. right? And then rookie of the year, we both got LaMelo. And then, you know, Monty Williams already got that. So congrats to the guys. It was a great season. First of all, shout out Adam Silver in the NBA. <laughs> for going getting through a season. Right. Getting through a season, 72 games, and having this buzz. Like, I can't wait until the playoffs start. Yeah. And we're going to be home to watch it. Yeah. And for those that don't like the playing game, I love it. I, I, I'm watching. I'm going to yeah. be ready. Yeah, it's going to be for box sure. office. I might, be, I might wake up tomorrow and, and be a little, uh, a little pissy because I ain't getting no sleep because <laughs> I stayed up watching the game. But I'm going to be watching. So... Let's get into it. Playoff matchups. Um, let's see what we got here. We know the play-in game. Whew. So it starts today. It's Tuesday. We got LA and Golden State. Golden State is in the Staples Center. Then we got Memphis and San Antonio. All right. So the winner of LA and Golden State plays Phoenix. So that's the seven. They get the seven seed. The loser plays the winner of Memphis and San Antonio. 
And then whoever wins that game plays against Utah in the first round. Let's let's get the play in picks first. <laughs> um, I got Lakers over Golden State. I got us by eight. All right. Yeah. Uh, what you what you got, man? I'm with that. I'm with that. It's what you said. I need to hear it on wax though. I got the Lakers over Golden State. Okay. Okay. And then Memphis and San Antonio. I'm going with Popovich. I'm going Memphis. Yeah, I'm going with Popovich. One game, I'm thinking all coaching. I want I wanted to be Memphis, but I think Pop is just gonna have them ready. He's gonna have them ready. I just don't know if they have the personnel to get it done. I, I don't think Memphis shoots the ball well enough though. After watching, and then you talked about those young and dumb mistakes that they have made because they're not disciplined right now. Pop is going to account for about ten to fourteen different plays on the adjustments and right. those things. But Popovich also does not have Steph Curry out there slinging threes from everywhere. You're right, right. But you know, the that, Rosen can steal some things and, from him, and that's what hurt Memphis in that last game. Yeah. Um, when Dylan Brooks fouled out, yeah, it was a wrap. Yeah, it was a wrap because now you got different guys guarding. Um, taking on that defensive assignment with Steph. And, you know, of course, Steve Kerr does have a good job. He does do a good job of keeping the the floor spread and having a lot of uh, big uh, guard action. And it's just, I mean, it's a lot of movement, man. So you see what happens next, right? The the winner of 9 and 10 plays the loser of 7 and 8, right? So that would be Golden State plays Memphis or San Antonio. I got Golden State winning that. Okay. All right. So with with our picks, it would be first round Golden State versus Utah. Um, We got Clippers versus Dallas. We got Denver versus Well, don't, don't, don't. don't. We're going gonna to break down each of them, each one of them. Okay, well, saying, but don't go over that first because I was saying how the Clippers got – was, is it is it true that they were tanking? Mm, That's the talk right now because they, you know they they lost like the last few games oh. to avoid the Lakers. From what I hear, mm, they want to try to get the. But you know that might be NBA thing setting it up for a Laker Clippers Western Conference Final. Could be. Um, and then we got Denver and Portland, and then Phoenix and L A. Lakers. All right. So Utah, let's start one eight. Utah and Golden State. Do we think it's another We Believe 2.0 where, you know, they upset the number one seed like they did back in the day? Yeah. If it's, if it's Golden State, Utah, I'm, I'm going Golden State. The way Steph is. How many games? Let's go six. Okay. You got Golden State in six. If 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 they win the first round of the playoffs, I'm gonna have a different tune. Because you're because you know what's his name is not playing for you, Donovan Mitchell. I, I that's their dog. I, oh, yeah, he is. He has missed a few games. He's been out like a month. Mm. I'm still going Utah. All right, I'm still going Utah. I'm going Utah in seven. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be a like a five game or a sweep. I'm going Utah in seven. Make sure you get my picks down. Utah in seven. Um. L.A., the Clippers versus Dallas. I'll let you pick first. Well, Dallas is scary because last year, if Porzingis didn't get thrown out the game, that I think it was a game one, yeah, Dallas but, wins that game, and that series is different. Listen, he, he healthy. Now. I think Porzingis, Porzingis has been playing the last couple of games. Look, check and see if uh, Porzingis' is status. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. That is a matchup nightmare for them. I know Rondo's there now. I know all <laughs> those good things. So, with Porzingis playing, and you know he's been shooting well enough these last couple games, and 
He got in his rhythm. Zubac is not enough. No. And and Luca is dynamic enough. And he controls the pace of the game more than PG and Kawhi. Um I could see this being a tough one for them. That'd be a good that's gonna be a good series. I, that's gonna be a tough one for them. We got a little f- dude flying around here. But I'm gonna go with uh man. I'm gonna go with the Clippers in, in seven. <laughs> Clippers in seven. Where you at? Porzingis healthy. Luca big guard. But Clippers have Tyron Lue now. So yeah. it's a different dynamic. I go with I go with the uh, Rick Carlisle though. You gotta go against Rick Carlisle. Yeah, but Rick Carlisle don't he doesn't have two Rolls Royces on on the wings either. Yeah. You know. They got better three point shooting in Dallas though. You know that's the ultimate difference, but yeah. and so how many games you got the Clippers with? Oh, it's definitely. I think it could be seven. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Denver and Portland. Mm. Portland on the streak too. These last like five six games. I honestly think that Portland can get Denver because their guard play is just gonna overwhelm them. Yeah, I think. I think this is when Terry Stotts has to utilize Melo more. Right. The game is gonna slow down. Analytics out the window. Game's gonna slow down. Yes, you got your two. Um, what's a what's a small two door car? That's a great sports car because <laughs> they they ain't the Lambos and stuff. Yeah, BMW three twenty five i. Yeah, you got two of those. You know what I'm saying <laughs> on both sides. So, um, but you're gonna have to rely on Melo a little bit more. And I think Melo has a favorable matchup with any small forward, power forward on that team there. Um, but the Joker, and I don't know if Nurkic is healthy. But damn, I'm I'm going Portland. I'm going Portland in six. Yeah, I like I like Denver, and Joker is definitely gonna. I think he's gonna get the better of Nurkic. You know, that's Nurkic was like his old head, really. Yeah. But just come on, man! It's just you got two of the most dynamic guards in the league mm-hmm. flying around in playoff time, and um, they haven't been stressed as much as they have been in the years past. So I think I think they'll definitely um, get Denver. Yeah, I'm going Portland in six, too. I'm going Lakers over Phoenix in six. You know, I, that was a quick decision. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Y'all let me know. Yeah, I love Chris Paul to death, love D-Book, love Bonnie, but mm. it's just it's, as long as AD comes to play, Aiden doesn't just – that's it. And like everybody talks about, and like you say, Bron is going to control the pace of the game. Yeah. It's going to be a chess match with Chris Paul, though. Because Chris Paul said, he ain't going to just let him slow down the game. Chris Paul going to grab that thing. He going to damn near drag his team with him to get up and down the floor. But those are young, young guys. And Bron plays a chess match from game one to game six, seven, whatever else it is. So he going to figure it out and dissect them. Yeah, I mean Chris Paul. You know he's gonna manage the manage the game and everything. But he's six foot. So. He's six foot. Man. <laughs> There's a lot of length on that that LA team in terms of THT. Yeah, how you say it. We matter of fact, let me so, let me make sure I do this. Number one defense in the league. Yeah. Number one defense in the league. So I mean, it's just yeah, Caruso. Cool. I mean, it's just a lot of length. Kuzma. Uh, what's Case. the twins' name? Or Morris. It's just. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, it's a lot of long length. Oh my goodness. Around. Dre Drum. Yeah. 
<laughs> so now we can slide over. Like we can really have some matchup issues, right? Right. We can put AD at the four, Dre Drum at the five, Braun three or whatever, and then interchange with any of those Kuzma. We got some some lineups. We got to hit the three well though, but um. And so then we got Lakers in Portland second round, and then Clippers and um, Golden State second round. I don't have Golden State getting past uh, second round, though, <laughs> if they win that. Well, I got Utah, though. I got Utah winning that first round. So, so I, got, I, got, I, got, I think I got Clippers and Lakers in, um, in, the, in the Western Conference Finals. That'd be, uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, everything in LA. The Battle of LA. We're gonna make it. We're gonna make it to LA <laughs> while we at home, man. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, no, I'm going on vacation. I ain't gonna have no money to go nowhere. <laughs> I'm just gonna make sure I get back to Dubai. <laughs> All right. So I, I'm going Lakers and, and Clippers in, in Western Conference Finals. Okay, I'll take that. I'm I'm right there with you. All right, East Coast. We got the Wizards and Boston playing for that seven or eight seed. So if the Wizards beat Boston, they play Brooklyn in the first round. So who first of all, who you got winning that when Wizards or Brooklyn Boston? That's that's actually tough because Jalen Brown is out. Boston's yeah. been a little dysfunctional um this year. Yeah. And going into that game, it's gotta be on everybody's mind whether or not somebody's gonna be um let go after the year or trade or whatever. And I'm serious. Or whether Brad Stevens is going to take another job. Yeah. And so, like, I haven't seen Boston play with passion like we saw in previous years. And we know Washington is hungry to prove a point. You know, Westbrook wants to show everybody his triple-doubles ain't for nothing. And then Bradley Beal's got something to prove, especially he's got a little extra motivation since he didn't win the scoring title. So where are you going with it? I'm going Washington. Me too. One of the reasons why I'm going Washington, and this depends on lineups and rotations that uh, Scott Brook uses, because they got a young, athletic big that is perfect combination for um, Russ. Because you know Russ is going to dump them all. You got to have good hands, and you got to finish around the rim. I think his name is Gafford. He catches it around the rim. He dunking that thing. He challenging everything. Like he getting it. He getting it done. So I like him, but. He played him. He's supposed to be playing behind Robin Lopez and Alex Lynn. So if they play him enough, I, I like it. And Bertans. I didn't know Bertans had the ratchet like that. <laughs> he had the flamethrower at 6'11. Like he come off, he come off any screens anywhere and he put nothing up there. And it's going in. So uh I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the Wizards too. Um and then that means between Indiana and Charlotte, who do you have winning that one? Healthy Lamelo, I got Charlotte. Mm. Yeah, because um, he and uh, his backcourt mate, they're going they're going to be a problem. Yeah, I, I I like Charlotte, but I'm going with Sabonis and Levert. Okay, I'm going Indiana. Um, I'm going Indiana wins that one, and then they play Boston, and they beat Boston too. Mm. Yeah, right. they beat Boston too. Going into that, like you said. Say it now so we can have it framed. Where's uh, Brad Stevens going at the end of the year? Might be in Indiana. Indiana Pacers. <laughs> That's what Coach called him. You heard it here first. That's an exclusive for you right there. Um, so then we got we got Charlotte. Well, we got Indiana and Philly. Brooklyn and Washington. Milwaukee and Miami. New York Knicks and Atlanta. 
That New York Nick and Atlanta matchup at four or five, that's vintage. Yeah. That's vintage right there. Like that's that's Dominique and Pat. And Pat. Like that's vintage hoops, man. So, you know, Brooklyn and Wizards. I got the I got Brooklyn sweeping them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Russ gonna try too hard because he see KD over there. Right. You know, it's a It's done. I got Philly sweeping the first round too. Yeah. So I get that. Now, Milwaukee. New York, Milwaukee, and Miami. Oof. That's gonna be tough. And and Milwaukee and Miami's been playing very, very, very well these last five <clears> games. <throat> like quiet is kept. They've caught their stride defensively. All everybody's back healthy, and they've been playing together. And you know how Spo gets when it's time for him to scheme. And you know they all buy in. And they but, are the Eastern, Eastern Conference champs. Defending. No, but I, man, Drew Holiday and that Milwaukee team, that's a different squad right now. I'm always worried about um, Chris Middleton. And and those other guys. We're talking about playoffs. I'm yeah, but he those guys actually haven't been the problem. The problem has been two key Co- people. I think coaching's guy. Coaching in terms of just getting Giannis to do certain do different things and then Giannis. Yeah. I mean, Middleton, you look back and he's always yeah. he's been doing what he's supposed to do. Mm. So what what you who are you picking here? I'm gonna go Milwaukee in seven. It's going seven. Oh yeah. It's going yeah, it's, seven. It's gonna go seven. Jimmy Butler just tough. I'm not betting against Jimmy. I like Jimmy a lot. I like Jimmy a lot too, but I like him a lot. And I like Spo. I like I I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna make my decision based on coaches. I'm gonna go Miami in seven. Okay. Based on coaching. Right? Cause I think I think adjustments, mid-game adjustments, mid-series adjustments are gonna make a difference here. Right? Cause you know they're gonna come out on zone. <laughs> you know, because Milwaukee hasn't figured out a zone in the last three years. Yeah, and they but they haven't had Drew. Granted, they haven't. So they haven't. But I think it's a lot to put on Drew, <laughs> right? So, but this is the one that's tough too. New York and Atlanta. As much as I'm, uh, I like to see New York move on. Atlanta's just, I think they're going to be on the roll. Really? Yeah. I think, but the, New York can get more stops than Atlanta. Like I and I, I know that I know they can get more stops consistently. Like they can string together back to back stops. And Atlanta's gonna be scoring though. They're gonna be scoring that thing. They're gonna be but New York has been putting up the pace too. When they have D rolls and quickly and all those, they get yeah, to it. Yeah, but them like, cats ain't gotta deal with um young fella four or five nights row Trey Young. Yeah. Yeah. Big difference. But still, on the flip side, like Julius Randle gonna get a lot of those John Collins. That's a tough matchup for him. I don't know if he's gonna show up. Like, I don't know. I, mm, it's tough for me, but I'm gonna go Knicks. All right, I got ATL. You got the ATL. All right, I'm gonna go Knicks. I'm gonna do that at Knicks and six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Knicks and six. Um, so that means Philly and the Knicks for me. Philly and Atlanta for you. Um, Brooklyn and Miami for me, and Brooklyn and Milwaukee for you. Yep. Now, who do you have winning between Philly and whoever they play? Man, it's going to be Brooklyn and Philly. Brooklyn and Philly yeah, for the finals? Yeah. Yes, I do agree. So we got Brooklyn and Philly on the East and Lakers and Clips on the West. Yep. What we got? Who we got in the, in the chip? 
I got man, see, it's tough because if Embiid is healthy, yeah, Brooklyn has no answer for him. Man, and um, Doc know what to do with it. Yeah. Um just because I know how dysfunctional Harden can be in the playoffs sometimes. Ooh, you betting against them? I, I'm going Philly. Mm-hmm. I know Brooklyn is the um it look good. It looks real good, but man, we talk about in a in a dog fight, five, six games in a row. I mean, you know, you think about it, if Kawhi doesn't hit that shot, Philly would have been in the finals without Doc. Yeah. So I'm going, I'm going Philly and then against the Lakers. Yeah. That Philly Brooklyn game, that Philly Brooklyn series is real deal. It's gonna be hot. Cause I'm I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, just matchup base, right? Brooklyn is still really small. Yeah. Even when we talk, what just not even talking about Embiid, right? Because they still bring Dwight Howard off the bench. Yeah. They got Danny Green. That's a big guard. On the they league. can shoot. They can shoot. Yeah. Championship experience. You got Tobias Harris, big guard, plays big, right? Yeah. You got. Ben Simmons, six yeah. ten, <laughs> right? You got Tyrese Maxey is coming off the bench, a young boy doing things like that. Philly team, man. <sighs> but I'm never going against Slim Reaper. All right, never. I can't. Yeah, I thought Embiid was your guy. He, he is. I do love Embiid. I wish he was a Laker. Um, but Kate. Mm, You gotta make a decision. At some I point. do, I do, I do. The time is ticking. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bet with Brooklyn. Okay. I'm a bet with Brooklyn. Brooklyn and six. Okay. Lake Show, Lakers versus Brooklyn and Chip, and we get that one. Okay. And we get that one. All size, right? And Lakers repeat, and then we all go out and watch Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> we all go get Space Jam. But let's get to um, that's our stuff there. For, but let's get to the Hall of Fame. Okay. Um, get to the Hall of Fame at the end. Um, first things first, Kobe, Tim Duncan, KG. Fire! Congratulations to the class of 2020. Um, several others were in there, but Kobe, KG, and um, Tim Duncan headlined that class. You know, all three of them, I believe, came in together. Or Tim Duncan might have came in a year after. But um, those guys, that was, those three are the, their era. <laughs> we talked about that. That's their era. Rudy T, Timothy Ketchins, um, Kim McCulkey, Barbara Stevens, um, you know, Eddie Sutton. That's, ooh, that's some legendary names as far as coaching goes. But right. congratulations to them. We talked about Kobe already. You know, God bless. Um, man. Undoubtedly, like those are two greatest power fours ever, right? Tim Duncan and KG go in. Kobe, my goat. I'm saying the greatest ever, but you know, OGs to say second best shooting guard ever, top ten ever. That's a that's a tough class right there. Congrats to them. Um, 2021 Hall of Fame has been announced. Those three that are going to headline that: Paul Pierce. Shout out to our guy, Paul Pierce. Mm. Fire! Fire. <laughs> you know if you know. Um, 
we got our guy, your guy, Chris Weber. Mm. And Shout then Chaz. Um and Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace. And Bill, yes, and Bill Russell is going in as a coach mm. along with Jay Wright. Bill Russell, you gangster. Gangster. And Rick Alderman is going in as well. But Bill Russell, gangster. You're going in as a coach after already going in as one of the greatest players ever. ever. Yeah. And you didn't just coach anybody. You coached the Celtics. You coached the Celtics in a basically a civil rights era in Boston. Man. And I mean, and you won two championships. I mean. Yeah. Well, what's that? And I believe that is Chris Bosch. Chris Bosch is a part of this class as well. So it's Chris Bosch, um, Paul Pierce, Ben Wallace, and Chris Weber. What do you guys say about this class? I mean, I don't know. He, Ethan keeps moving the thing so fast I can't keep up with it. <laughs> Let, let's start up there with Chris Bosch. Chris Bosch, man, 11-time NBA All-Star, two-time champ. Um, he averaged 19-8. and eight. When he was in Toronto, he was all that and everything. Right. You know, ACC Rookie of the Year, McDonald's All-American. Um, even in high school, he was forty and zero, like Olympic gold medal. Neat. And he only he only ended because he got for the um, blood clot issues. Right. He would have still been playing now. Yeah, he did. <clears throat> he did everything that you could do as a basketball player at a high level. And you know his um, his book was cut short. Yeah, you know he was you know he was probably he probably have three or four more chapters left in his book, but he had to end it you know prematurely due to um, health issues and. Um, I mean, it's well deserved, man, for him to to be the man at every stop along the way, getting to Miami and then taking a back seat and being one of the best NBA playoff role players ever, and and winning a championship, man, two mm -hmm. championships and going to four uh, finals. I mean, mm -hmm. there's nothing to talk about. Yeah, you handled your business, big dog. So, congratulations to you, Paul Pierce. <laughs> I mean, the, the truth. truth. <laughs> Coldest nickname in the game. Like, you know, he is what he is. You don't have to Google that, big dog. We already had some up. Yeah. Um, Paul Pierce, 10-time NBA All-Star, 2008 champion, um, finals MVP. I mean, and he stayed with the Celtics through thick and thin. Right. Right. He 19 all-time NBA scoring. He might be like number one or two in Celtics history, too, on top of that. Ninth all time in free throws made and three balls made. It's a bucket. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Straight out of Inglewood. And he was always Inglewood, right? Yeah. Um, on and off the court. <laughs> the truth, man. Bill Russell. I just it just still is crazy to me. Bill Russell, man. Like, it is just enough said. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Um, Ben Wallace. Didn't we do something on him early on when we first came to Dubai? We were talking about unsung heroes yep. and and being um, the best at what you can do and and embracing it and playing at a high level. Well, ben Wallace is that guy. We all know he was an undersized center. Say exactly the size, though, Coach. Because <laughs> just thinking about it, like just so they can visual, uh, visualize it. 6'8". I know they had him listed at six nine in certain situations. That's what the fro. Listen, he really like six six. I've been shoulder to shoulder with Ben on several occasions. He's six eight. 
Six eight, no body fat, but still light back there in terms of playing in an era where big men were still dominant. Shaq, Tim yeah. Duncan, yeah. like, and you know, we all know Ben was very robotic with the ball on the offensive end, but you know he didn't turn the ball over. He made the right decisions. You know he found the open guy. He rebounded the ball well, but his presence was felt in terms of being. The enforcer on the court, and he was a true, true controller of the paint. You know, four-time defensive player of the year, King. Yep. Only six eight, but when you came into the paint, you were you were looking around to see where he was. Where, where four-time defensive player of the year. Yep. He was an all-star four times, defensive uh, all defensive team five times. And then all NBA second team three times. And NBA champion. NBA champion. And who they beat? I don't remember. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, think, I think it may have been the Lakers. It might have been. It might have been 04. Was it, I think was it four to one? Dang. All right. That's, you don't have to look that up. We know the stats, man. <laughs> look, look at this. We know it's true. It's all right, man. Okay. It led the league in blocks one year and rebounding twice. So again, shout out to you. <laughs> this next guy, Chris Weber. Um, five-time NBA All-Star, Rookie of the Year, All NBA, All NBA First Team in 01, second team three times, led the NBA in rebounds one year. You know, averaged more than twenty points nine years in a row. Five, five, two Final Four appearances, All-American, high school basketball phenom, McDonald's All-American MVP. You know, prep player of the year in high school, C Web. Yeah, finally, finally. You say is it is it long? Like, is, did he should he have been earlier, first ballot, second ballot, or well, is deserving on, for only being a five time NBA All Star? They're not going to put you in the first, you know, mm-hmm. especially not having won a championship. Yeah. So you know, he had to wait a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, deserving. Yeah. So, but again, we can't we do applause out. That's big money right there. Hall of Famers, man. That's a that's a mighty feat. Right. right. You don't nobody goes into the NBA path thinking, all right, I'm going to be a Hall of Famer. That's what it is. You probably realize it midway through or something like that. Because um, right now there's a couple guys, before we wrap it up, they got a list now of like the next 25 to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them are all playing except for two. I think that's uh, Dirk and, and D-Wade. But now they give you a percentage. Braun, D-Wade, Dirk, 100% probability they get in. KD, Steph, Chris Paul, Russ, James Harden, Dwight Howard, Melo, Vince Carter, Paul Gasol. Then you got guys like AD. And Kevin Love to where the, you still got to figure those things out, all right? What you looking at, man? What you thinking? Some of these guys on. Yeah. <laughs> First, I want to know who who came up with the yeah. number for Chris Paul, 99.9%. Right. Come on, man. Like, <laughs> What's the difference? Like, come on, man. Let's stop. Um, yeah. Steph Curry, what, what was his? 90, 99.87. Like, what? <laughs> What one idiot? Vegas. Come on, man. Somebody um, betting against them. No, I agree with all of this. Dwight Howard um, will be in. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he will be a first time. 
first ballot guy. Yeah, I don't like his braids. He uh, gotta be second ballot. Just off the head. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he look crazy. Is it the braids or is it the color? Both. You right, what okay. you what type of mix is that, okay. big dog? Okay. Like weirdo. Um Mello would be a first ballot. ballot. Vince, if he gets in first ballot, I'm not upset, but he'll probably be second ballot. Pal Gasol. So do you think that guys that leave the game out of retirement and then go into commentating or being around the game in that capacity so people can kind of <laughs> still hear and think about and see what their impact was? you think that changes the narrative for Hall of Fame? If, for sure. That helped yeah. Chris Webber a lot. Yeah. Because Chris Webber's image was somewhat tarnished for some ridiculous reasons um, for things, you know, early in his career. But um, it helps a lot. You know, it gives mm -hmm. people a different perception of you. You know, um, I the the biggest example of this um, and most recent is the late great Kobe Bryant. Mm -hmm. There were so many negative narratives about him as a player that him coming out and being more engaged in the game of basketball as a, just say, an onlooker or a contributor mm -hmm. as opposed to a player made everybody say, whoa, man, yeah. Kobe's a likable guy. Yeah. And that changes perception a lot. And, you know, and so you think about uh, what Vince is, he's, I don't think he's a, I think he's still learning on the fly. Hey, man. But that's, that's how, Vince, the reason why I'm sure we're going to be all right. <laughs> 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 hey man, we gonna but, be okay. Um, but yeah, it it definitely helps. Anytime you're in, in the eye of the public and you're doing something positive, I mean, it's gonna help a lot. Yeah. So, but that's an interesting thing to watch. though the Hall of Fame thing. Um, it'll be interesting. But again, playoffs are here. Yep. So these next couple of podcasts is gonna be all all about that basketball, that playoff bump. Um, we love to see it. You know. Our kids going to have to deal with us not having no rest <laughs> coming in there. Um, shout out to J. Cole, you know, real quick. Just shout out to J. Cole, you know, living out your dreams. If you can if you can make it happen, if you got enough bread to go take off six months, seven months, drop an hour, man, prepare for a game, go do your thing. Right. You know, shout out to that. Uh, the Rwanda basketball. Patriots battle. Yeah, the African Basketball League, Basketball Africa League, I think, B-A-L. Shout out to you, big dog, you know. We'll get to that later. And it's another rapper I just picked, got onto a Paris team. What? Yeah, listen. I just asked my bro, how much you think it costs to be a be a Laker? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to make it happen, though. Shout out to everybody. But, you know, we were we wrapping it up. Um, that's episode 25 for us. Man, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. <laughs> you know, 25 episodes in. You know, a, a, a few episodes you guys had to listen to some crazy audio. We made it work, though. Um, we've been growing and building. Thank you to everybody that's been supporting us um, from when it was only one person to now. It's on a, a few more. Um, thank you, guys. Uh, as always, you can find us in Dubai and the UAE, hoopmountain.ae, hoopmountain.dxb, um, your favorite basketball enthusiast. Um, you know how we ended post game wrap up, OG. Right. Um, well, you talked about us um, in our transition with um, the podcast. I know everybody's probably like, "Why coach's voice is so raspy?" It's because um, you know we have a big event coming up this Friday, and um, 
it's time for a little payback. So I've been on my guys real hard, real hard. I give you props. You know, you talk to the referee a little bit, got some questionable calls there and got a dub on us, but that's all right. We coming back. But John Cheney almost choked John Tyler Perry because of that. <laughs> this is um this is for all of our Hoop Mountain um, hoop stars that may be listening or watching. And this is um in, in terms of prepara- preparation for our next game. Don't go into your next game without thinking about what you're going to do, knowing what you're supposed to do, and visualizing how you're going to do it in the game. Because if you can't visualize yourself playing in the game with your teammates and against your opponents, it's going to be hard to just flip on a switch and try to get things done the day of. So everything that you do day two, day three, day four, leading up to the game matters in terms of what your overall performance is going to be that day. Oh, this oh, this is how I know you really came in ready. You know, I don't know what you worked on with those that that group today, but you probably pulled something out the book. Let's just you know, say, I'm not a coach. I'm just, just come on. I'm learning. I'm learning. I don't know as much about basketball. You've been, you. you been around Coach Rolling all these. Come on, man, shut up. <laughs> I'm trying to figure coach out. Coach Ivan Thomas. Coach I've never Jones, I've never man. ran a practice like that before, but it's okay. Come on, yeah, I see this. You see this? He just uh, he, he sent a little he sent a little uh, cold words out to his guys <laughs> like, "Yo, you better be ready." All right, and this is for my guys and my girls. Rise to the occasion. All right, that's for everybody. Rise to the occasion. Um, your moment comes. Everybody doesn't have a moment like this to where you can grasp an opportunity. Um, you can go make that job change. You can go, you know, you about to get married, whatever else it is. Rise to the occasion. Things are changing. You know, it's your opportunity to make something big happen. Rise to the occasion and do what champions do. Make the best of it. All right. So that's episode 25. What's up? How's your, how does your wrap up have theme music? Yours always does at the end. Come on, Ada. Let it ride out. As always, keep going. Keep it simple. Keep it real.